Hi and welcome back to another episode of Peaceful Home Birth. I'm so excited about the interview I have today mostly because one, she's in person with me, which is so fun. And two, this is my girl. This is this is somebody who's been with me for every single home birth and there might be some tears and there will for sure be some laughter and I'm just so excited to share this with you. One of the reasons too is because community is so important to me in my life and I just pray that for those of you listening out there, maybe you've had a wounded past with women. And I just pray that that is healed for you today listening to this episode. I feel like that's a word for somebody out there that it doesn't have to, you don't have to continue in brokenness and that there is so much healing and hope and joy in the community that God provides. So, so excited to have you guys listen in. And if after today's episode, you have questions about how to work through your birth, how to prepare, how to be the healthiest that you can be, if you're just feeling overwhelmed and kind of tapped out and you just need the next best step for you, then schedule a free 15-minute confidence call with me. Go to bit.ly slash 15confidence and that link will be in the show notes below. All right, let's hop into the show. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth, and now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose, and I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ, and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. 
Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. All right, well, thanks for coming here in person. This is my dear friend, Anna Grady, and I'm so excited to hear your story from your perspective. Obviously, I was there. I know the whole story, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm there, there's something different about hearing it from the point of view of the mother, and I just find that so impactful and important, and even as a mom myself, sharing my story is so healing, and it's so important in processing something that was such a big deal. So before we get into that, would you just introduce who you are and... Just let her, let my audience get to know you a little bit. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Anna, as Allie said. I am a stay-at-home mom of two boys now. Um, the last time I was on, we lived in a small town in Nebraska. We have since actually switched states, and we are now in Iowa and live on a beautiful acreage with 10 acres, two pigs, and laying chickens. So I stay very busy. <laughs> yes. You are living my life, my dream life, Anna. <laughs> so, it's fun. And you're attending births, or you have attended births. You're kind I, of taking a break right now. Correct. Yeah. I have attended births. I attended births pregnant. Yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> um, but I'm not currently attending yeah. births. Yeah. It's kind of always a sad season when it, it's like hit or, I don't know, it's, you're torn in between. Like, yes. I am so happy to have my babies and be on a break, but also birth just calls to you. If you're in yes. birth work, it's just always calls to you. Yes. So you're in that season now of just building into your family and loving on your boys. And I love that so much. So you actually had come on the show earlier in a previous mm-hmm. episode talking about how you had planned a home birth yes. and then ended up transferring to the hospital and having an induction. Okay, you guys, this episode is not what you would expect. It's not <laughs> what anybody would expect when they hear transfer to the hospital, is it? No. It, no. The Lord has shown so much favor Mm. and I really believe that it's because you pursued and seeked after him and um just like surrendered your plans to Mm. him and there's so much beauty that has come um and I know this personally because I hear people's stories like of when they listen to that episode they're like so impacted by Mm. that I think it's a common fear that oh my goodness what if I have to transfer Mm. And you lived out that fear, and you are here on the other side, and you shared your story, and I think that's so important and beautiful. But today, you're sharing a different story. (laughs) That I am. Oh, praise (laughs) the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So, wherever you want to start, I would love to hear more about kind of leading up to giving birth and pregnancy and how you were entering in after having a baby that you had Mm. to transfer with. Mm. How were you able to choose home birth again? How were you, you know, able to, (laughs) what we'll learn is go past 42 weeks and Mm. kind of what that process was like. So Mm. wherever you want to start. Okay. Um, I guess, you know, when we were pregnant for the second time, I knew for sure that I wanted to do a home birth again. Um, 
there was some wrestling internally, just like the unknowns, the things that are completely outside of your control, no matter how much you plan. Um, because I definitely did not think that my water was going to break early on my first and then that I wasn't going to go into labor. That was not my fear during that pregnancy. There were other fears of what if my blood pressure is too high. So once again, you enter into pregnancy with just the, well, this is my plan, but do I need to have backups? What is mm -hmm. it going to look like? Um, and it <laughs> about as starkly different of a pregnancy yeah. as number one was, yeah. which shocked me. Right. So when did your water break? Just for people who have not listened to your episode yet, when yeah. did your water break with your first? My water broke with my first at 36 weeks, six days. Okay. So of course, naturally with your second baby, you're fully expecting I'm going to have a baby around the same time. Absolutely. As I did last time. Absolutely. Why would you not think that? Yes. Right? Can you tell my audience how far past your due date did you go? <laughs> I went 18 days past my due date. My sweet little second born boy did not come until 42 weeks, four days. Yes. And what a journey that was. Mm. It was a journey indeed. <laughs> Could you share what your mindset was when you, let's say you hit 40 weeks. What what were you thinking around 40 weeks? I was thinking, okay, when is this baby going to come? Like, yeah. I am fully ready. Like, I was mentally prepared and had nested so much earlier with this pregnancy. I was prepared to have this baby since June, anywhere after June 17th. Because I did base it off of the last one. Like, mm -hmm. I am going to be prepared once I hit that 37-week mark. Everything is going to be ready. And I really wanted a July baby because I actually was due the 7th of July. And so there was a part of me still holding on, like, I really don't want to go into labor until at least July. But once once July comes, all bets are off. So at that 40-week point, I was just like, okay. Why is, is yeah. tonight the night? Yeah. Why is it labor starting? Does my body know how to go into labor? Oh, my goodness. All the questions. Well, like, the Lord answered your prayer about having a July baby. Yes, he did. <laughs> Over abundance. Yes, I just I just remember people that I knew were like, my birthday's on the 11th of July. And I was like, no, I won't make it there. And then somebody, you know, would always have a later date in July. And I just mm -hmm. kept saying to people, no, I won't make it that long. I won't make it that long. Well, I out outlasted all of those people's birthdays. Yeah, it is, yes. <laughs> so, okay, you went past your due date, and then you hit 41 weeks. What was going on at 41 weeks? I really was so blessed in the fact that I felt really well mm. till the end. I, it still blows my mind. I mean, chasing a two-year-old... Um, just also with how my first pregnancy had went, I remember early at like 30 weeks with him thinking, oh, now I see why women say that like at the end, you're just ready to have a baby. So I was really, and there were bouts of it, but it was usually like a day here, a day there. And so I really was shocked even as 40 weeks came, 41 weeks came, how well I felt, yeah. which was amazing but 
yeah, I think 41 weeks came and I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Like, I've heard of women going later. This seems really odd. This seems really strange, especially for how early I went with my first. But I think you just keep thinking like, well, tomorrow it'll happen or tonight it'll happen or in the morning it'll happen. Or I honestly think the hardest thing was... I did not have nearly enough, like, planned. Like, I ended up really kind of sitting around the entire month of July waiting for this baby to come. And that really started wearing on me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you kind of get go into isolation mode. Like, yes. when you are preparing to have a baby, you kind of just hibernate until yes. baby comes. Yes. And so I can imagine that you are cocooning yourself into yes. your home Fully anticipating yes. this baby's going to come every day. Or, you know, the, there's a possibility every day. And then, yes. what, four weeks go right. by? Right. And you're like, wait a minute. Yes. Well, this is not working out. So, you, when was a point for you where you started kind of, I don't know, spiraling is the right word. Mm-hmm. I don't know what word you would use to describe mm-hmm. that. But really start questioning okay, what is my next step? Mm -hmm. When did that hit? I think it was probably right before um, 42 weeks, I guess. I think my birth attendant and I both thought probably subconsciously that there was no way I was going to make it this far. Um, And so right before 42 weeks, she had just brought up like the option of, okay, what about like going and getting an ultrasound and seeing position, making sure there's enough fluid, or you could go and, you know, get a stress test. And um, I guess I really was not expecting to have to be faced with those Mm -hmm. choices. Um, You know, in the back of my mind is was the thought, this is why I chose home birth, so that I didn't have to make a decision. I hate making Mm -hmm. decisions. (laughs) So that I didn't have to make a decision about these things. Um, Once again, I did not have, like, a backup doctor. And so we were looking at, you know, trying to find an ultrasound. Yeah, that would have been a little bit easier. But, like, a stress test, probably just going into the ER. Mm -hmm. And I was not about ready to walk into the ER at almost 42 weeks pregnant saying I'm planning a home birth. Um, So I remember like giving thought to an ultrasound and wrestling with that, really just almost being angry, Mm -hmm. like that this was the decision I was being faced with. Um, And I remember calling you and you were like, well, do you want an ultrasound? I said, no. You're like, then why would you think about getting one? (laughs) And the, the thing was, we were heading into a weekend. And, you know, so once the weekend was over, I was going to be over 42 weeks. It was like, how do we feel about this? You know, we really don't want to have to go do something during the weekend. So that was that was a tough day. That was probably four or five days before he ended up coming. Yeah. And I remember, I remember that call and I know, like, I saw your name and I'm just like, she's hit her max. Like, before Mm. I ever answered the call, I just knew, like, okay, she, she hit a breaking point. Mm -hmm. And so I heard it in your voice, what you wanted, but sometimes we have a really hard time, especially at the end of pregnancy, discerning the next step. 
Yes. And I think that it, it can feel so distressing when you mm-hmm. are faced with so many decisions. And, like, being presented with all of your options is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But when you are in a state of kind of panic and just uncertainty, sometimes it can feel hard to even know what, what the next thing to do is. And so that's where a, a question like, well, what do you want? Like, what mm-hmm. is the dream on your heart? Mm-hmm. And then figuring out, okay, do you have peace with that? Mm. I think it's following that peace. And you know what? On that call, I don't know if you felt this way too, but as I was talking to you and you're just like, no, I don't want that. I had complete peace. Mm. Like, there was no part of me that mm-hmm. was fearful about mm-hmm. what was going on at all. Mm-mm. And then after talking to you, I feel like you, when you said it out loud, it was like this rush of like release. Yes. There was like a release that happened. Yes. And um, so I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that at yes, all? Yes, I would totally agree with that. And um, yeah, it was just one of the, so many things come up in pregnancy that you really do have to sit with. Mm-hmm. And like, what do I want? And I think another thing that helped was he was a really good mover. Like, I was just, I was feeling him move. I felt good. I just did have peace about mm-hmm. waiting. Like, I remember saying out loud, like, if I feel there is a reason to go get something checked mm-hmm. out, like, I will go immediately. But as you said, I, I did not have that feeling of needing to pursue either of those options yeah. at that moment. Yeah, right. And I think that's, too, like, there is a balance between following your intuition and peace and then making a decision out of fear. Like, mm. I, I just see that. You, you could have had the fear of, well, this person thinks this or this person thinks mm-hmm. that and, you know, oh, but what if something is wrong and all of the what ifs and the fear can build if we allow it and then you could have made a decision that would not have been beneficial to you in that moment. And now that you say that, I do remember I am very much a person who is like, well, this person said this mm. or this person said that. So there were those conversations happening in my mind well this person said this well this person said this and I remember just just as far as my story of life I remember thinking but Anna how many times do you stick with what you feel is right and what you want And I remember that going through my mind because that same day I took a walk at the end of the day because I still was in turmoil. Even though I said no and I had peace about that, the follow through Mm -hmm. was painful. Mm -hmm. It was a wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I remember going on a walk after my son was in bed and it was like a crescent moon. So I'm like, it's a good night to have a baby. Like, that's a beautiful moon. (laughs) And I remember, once again, just because of my story, the thought of surrender for me is like somebody, you know, forcing you. Mm. Like, you will surrender. And as I was praying and walking, I remember, like, Jesus just telling me, like, Anna, this isn't me forcing something on you. Like, here, let me walk in front of you and take your hand and lead you and show you how beautiful this can be. Because I had I had the ultimate worry the entire pregnancy of, will I get this home birth? Yeah. Like, I thought I was going to get the home birth on my first one, and I didn't. And so 
that that was a wrestle and I've just heard recently that like surrender can't come until you've wrestled until mm-hmm. you have fought you know just like in a war like they surrender finally when they have like nothing left mm-hmm. nothing left to give and it just made me really think about this pregnancy and I was like yeah, it may not have felt like I had a lot of wrestling right at the end, which I did. But it was, it was just, it was a wrestling through the whole yeah. gestation. Yeah, which ultimately just deepens your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And, like, nothing goes to waste. Like, those moments and those walks and those feelings of anger or mm-hmm. whatever feelings you were feeling in that moment, like, releasing that to the Lord, how powerful is that? And, like, He used that to draw you closer to him, Mm -hmm. which I fully believe that he wants to do in every woman who births. Like he's constantly pursuing you Mm -hmm. and he wants you. I just love what you said. That's so powerful. Like the Lord isn't just forcing surrender on you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to force that on you. Mm -hmm. He wants you to say, I know these are the dreams and desires you've placed Mm -hmm. in my heart, but you are the one to take care of that better. Mm -hmm. Here, give it, Mm -hmm. Lynn, you give it back Mm -hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, thank you. I will mm-hmm. do more abundantly than you could ever do with this. Yes. You know, and like, oh my goodness, when we finally understand that truth, birth is going to be transformed. Mm-hmm. More Christian women are going to walk away strengthened and empowered, not just because of their, in their birth experience, but in their motherhood, in their mm-hmm. marriages, in their friendships. Mm-hmm. When we under- understand this as Christian women, Birth for Christians is going to look different than birth from the mm. world. Right now, it's the same, mm. which is unfortunate. Mm. It breaks my heart when Christian women are birthing the same exact way yeah. as non-believers because there's so much more for us out there. Yeah. So why don't you hop in to your story and hey. just wherever you want to start, I would love to hear. Okay. Well, I think it was the day before um I actually went into labor that um I called Allie and I said I had really reached my breaking point and uh I had called her and just been like I cannot I cannot do this another day. I cannot do, be pregnant another day. And she just encouraged me, was like, is there anyone that can take the kids? Um, Can, you know, you and your husband just have an evening together and watch a movie? And uh, I guess at that point it wasn't kids, but just our oldest son. Is there anyone who can take your, um, your oldest son? And... I didn't really, you know, feel like anyone last minute could. So I just called my husband and I said, look, we, we are putting our son down to bed early and I want to just snuggle and watch a movie tonight. And so once again, you know, Allie's advice just was so helpful. And that is what we did. We had a great evening um, up until this point, I think I had fo- had had contractions in the middle of the night four different times. I mean, there were so many times I thought, oh, this is it. I'm going to go into labor. There had been, you know, moon cycles and thunderstorms and nothing had put me into labor. So 
I was really beginning to feel like how much longer can I go? I am made it through the weekend. I'm now over 42 weeks. And um, every time I was having those contractions in the middle of the night, the weeks leading up to it, I thought, oh, I'll go into labor. And I hadn't. So, you know, after Allie's phone call, that was just such great advice. And we had a great evening, went to bed as normal. I didn't have any you know, intuition of this will be the night. Um, but as all the other prodromal labor had um, been, I started, I think, having contractions in bed around four or five o'clock in the morning. Um, and they were the same as the others. So I remember like this excitement of maybe this is it, but then also the side of it, like, okay, we'll see where this, where this goes. <laughs> and um, so I do remember at one point, cause I could just lay, lay in bed and, you know, rest through them. But I do remember at one point I did say to my husband, I don't think you're going to work today. And to me that, you know, I had had other times of contractions, and so to me that was just different, but I also think probably I was like, I'm having contractions, I'm 42 for, surely they won't stop this time. <laughs> so I remember I think I got out of bed and they actually got more intense, and so then I went back and laid down, but just kind of started letting my birth team um, know what was going on. My birth assistant said she would get ready. She would head that way. Also kind of something that was always in the back of my mind during pregnancy is both of my sisters who have children, my mom, my grandma all had super fast second births. And so I was trying not to let that get into my head, but at the same time, it was kind of a concern of mine of like, okay, I don't want to call my birth team too early, but I also don't want them to miss the birth. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just relieved when she said, I'll get things ready, I'll head that way, I'll park somewhere, just let me know when you want to come. Well, it wasn't much longer, and I was like, I want you here. <laughs> Please let everyone else know to get here. <laughs> yeah. So they went from being able to rest through them to wanting just that community support. Yeah. fairly quickly yeah and what I love so much is like we have <laughs> between you me and a couple of other ladies like mm -hmm. it's us you mm -hmm. know like we just love each other and we attend each other's births yes and it's like not a big deal it's just friends it's community yes there's no hierarchy it's just we all support each other yes in our own way and yes. it is such a beautiful gift that we have been given in that. Yes. And I love that nobody was rushing to come. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we were just very much like, we're going to wait and let you experience what you need yep. to experience. We will give you space. Like yep. when you know somebody so intimately and when you've been at the most vulnerable mm -hmm. times, most powerful, most transformative times, it's like, you know, things yes. <laughs> like when to go when to yes. not go and but you better believe we're all on the edge of our seats just being like oh my gosh finally like <laughs> when I got that text I'm like yes 
and I've been there being one of the support people and yeah that is a hard place to be I do remember even thinking I think I'd rather be the pregnant woman but I feel really bad Mm -hmm. for my team Mm -hmm. because you know just as the pregnant woman you know like how you feel that day and Mm -hmm. and yeah but it it was a long wait yeah and you know (laughs) oh man on the way there I've never had this issue before (laughs) but we had talked about how it could be so fast. So mm-hmm. I may or may not have been going over <laughs> the recommended yeah. speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my car started to go crazy. And because we shut our phones off, I couldn't get a hold of anybody else. So I was just praying. Literally, I got to your house on a prayer because my engine was was uh, not working anymore. And I remember the moment you walked in and I started to cry. (laughs) I was like, my girl is here. (laughs) There's something so special about it. I just love it so much. So, okay, we were all there. We walked in. What were were you thinking? What were you feeling? Um, I remember the contractions just felt so different to me this time, which... A, maybe I'm not remembering them, but I truly feel like they were different from the beginning. I remember just even telling my assistant at the beginning, like, they're going down into my legs. (laughs) And um, so once everyone was there, I don't think it was very long after that that I already felt like I needed to push. And I know even before you got there, Allie, like, I threw up. And so, of course, having attended births, I'm thinking, transition this Mm -hmm. fast? You know, like, it already was so different. Um, And they were just really intense. I mean, the first maybe two or three hours, yeah, I had, you know, ones that I could sleep through. But once they started, they were intense. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, you know, back pressure. And then shortly after that, it... I felt like the need to push, but I couldn't feel like where this baby was at. Like I would just, I guess confusion, Mm -hmm. confusion. And a lot of questions would like describe what I was feeling in the beginning. I also remember telling you like, I just want to crawl away from these. And you were just like, okay, this is a good time to just take your thoughts captive. And, and so there was just a lot of, struggle confusion at the beginning like what is going on this feels so different um I asked to be checked (laughs) which blows my mind I was never checked with my first child um and so it really surprised me that I was even asking for that I feel like there was maybe a little bit of desperation of like I need an answer why does this feel so different and for a while, an answer didn't come. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? As as a team and as friends who've been around you and, like, have been at previous births and we've just worked together, you could tangibly feel the shift of, I'm doing good, to, I'm so confused. Yeah. And I'm upset. Yeah. <laughs> and so when that kind of starts happening and when that shift happens there is a very small window of time where you can choose I'm going to stay in this or I'm going to feel what I need to feel, express that, Mm -hmm. and move on. Mm -hmm. And so 
do you remember that point and how did you work through that? Mm. And now it's time to share one of my sponsors with you. Some people think home birthers are all or nothing type of people when in reality, most of them are I want all of my options type of people. And as most of you know, I love holistic health and I will 100% try every natural option available first before stepping foot into a doctor's office. However, in today's uncertain world, medical preparedness is non-negotiable. From natural disasters to man-made threats, you need to be ready. And that is where the wellness company steps in. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is the ultimate safeguard for your family. The kit includes vital medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z with a comprehensive guidebook researched and written by the company's chief medical board. Trust this team of esteemed medical professionals, including Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Drew Pinsky, and other truth-seeking doctors. They've curated a gold standard solution to keep you safe no matter what. And the amazing thing about the wellness company is that you can easily book virtual visits. So I don't ever have to go into an office and wait in line to not get any answers. (laughs) You can be matched with a provider who won't judge you for your health beliefs. They also have amazing supplements to keep your whole system supported and thriving. So get the med kit, schedule a visit, or check out the supplements today by visiting twc.health slash phb and use the promo code phb for an exclusive 10% discount today. Yeah, I really, I don't know if I actually remember the moment. I think I had kind of tried some different positions and yeah, I was not in that rhythm and in that mindset at the beginning. I had been in our bathroom leaning over the counter, then I had gotten into the bathtub and even though that felt good, like I felt confined, like it was too small. And I think it was probably about that time that you were just like, you, you know, it's important to take your thoughts captive. And, and I think probably through expressing myself, not being afraid to say what I was thinking, I felt so safe and so comfortable with every woman that was there supporting me. And I even remember having that thought before going into labor. Okay, Anna say what you need to say and that was something completely different because I didn't say what I was always thinking with my hospital birth because you don't feel safe well here there was a lot of release that came through just saying what I needed to say at one point I said I'm scared Mm -hmm. and you know one of you was immediately praying for me like just some of these things that I never would have said um came out this time and I think it was huge in making it through yeah this labor I that is so powerful because I think sometimes as women we've been told to suppress our feelings and to like yeah not not verbalize it when what happens if you don't verbalize it you hold on to it and that can really change a labor so the fact that you did feel safe enough to express it. I remember one time you, I, I don't remember exactly what you said. You're like, I'm so mad. Or why can't, do you remember what you said? Yes. 
<laughs> so that was later on, but I was just like, baby, why won't you come? <laughs> you were, you, yeah, you expressed it. Yeah. And I think that is such a powerful thing that somebody needs to hear is your feelings are only one clue to what mm-hmm. is going on, mm-hmm. right? They don't tell the whole truth, mm-hmm. but they're not, that doesn't mean they're not valid. Right. Because they do impact you. Right. And so feeling it, expressing it, and like like you said, the fact that you were able to verbalize, I'm scared, mm-hmm. gave us a clue. She needs some extra support. Right. Let's pray for her. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, like the feeling of the Holy Spirit just like surrounding your room mm. was so powerful. Mm. When you have women seeking the Lord on your behalf, when you are at your absolute mm-hmm. like breaking point, mm-hmm. what is more powerful than that? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I just, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. No, so she, the birth assistant did end up checking me, you know, for me, there was no clarity. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're ready. Like, you're fine. I mean, she even, when I asked her to, she even was like, no, I think you're good, you know. But for me, I could tell, like, I can't feel where this baby's at. So it was a couple hours of just working through things. We did lunges. We did, you know, an inversion. Um, and then I think a clue for everyone came, you know, probably several hours in when I arched my back Mm -hmm. having a contraction on the birthing stool yeah and so then everyone else in the room then knew that sweet baby boy was posterior I did not yeah yeah and so that you know I think so much of that decision not to like say anything (laughs) was because uh, being posterior has been pathologized mm. so much that when you name something like that, automatically there's a tract in your brain that goes, okay, you're done. You can't do it. Got to transfer. Got to do a C-section. You know, all the mm. things. Like, it goes down a path of just awful. Mm. And so we had an idea. Position wasn't totally ideal. And... What it came down to was, were you going to feel safe and supported enough, nourished and hydrated enough, that you would be able to birth this baby? You would be able to have the strength you needed to continue on. Mm. Birthing a posterior baby isn't impossible. Mm. I've seen it. Actually, I've had, well, you, and then probably two other clients that I can remember who delivered a baby posterior. Mm. And I think the statistic is only like 30% is born vaginally, which is ridiculous to me because, again, I think that goes back to being pathologized. Mm -hmm. Is like we've been told this, so then, therefore, the only option is to get a Mm C-section. Whereas if women were just allowed to continue on and be supported the way that they need to be supported there's a very good possibility that you'll be able to deliver the baby naturally. So I just, I don't like to say anything, but I I get where Mm. you're like, I'm confused. I just want an answer. Mm -hmm. I just want to know why this is happening. Mm -hmm. So did you ever figure out that maybe it wasn't? No, I, in my mind, like what you guys were verbalizing is the baby just must not quite be in the right position to Mm -hmm. come down exactly 
all the way yet. And so, um, you know, I had that, but I didn't ever think like posterior. Um, I remember, you know, especially my birth assistant saying like, Anna, we don't want you to wear out, like Mm -hmm. rest when you can. Um, We don't want you to wear out, drink, keep food. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Like, I wasn't worried about wearing out until, like, 1230. And then I remember kind of not panicked, but thinking, I can't do this forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was after I was really thankful for everyone there. I had four people total there. And I remember thinking before my labor, um, like, that just sounds like too many people. Mm -hmm. Like, will I be okay with this? And we used every (laughs) single Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. to support and encourage. And I remember thinking, like, several times, you know, it was like, okay, Anna, let's try this. You know, and just sometimes you always want to, you know, let the woman just totally initiate things. But that was exactly what I needed in this labor. I needed somebody to be like, okay, let's try this. Let's do this. Because we couldn't, like, I could not have sustained that for hours and hours and hours and hours on end. Yeah. And the cool thing, too, is when you are in such a tight-knit community mm. like that, you trust each other to, like, I mean, I, I remember during that being like, okay, well, we kind of have an idea what's going on. Mm. We just need her to feel strong and be able to continue. But then we would each take moments of, like, tuning in. Okay, Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And I, we would all kind of look at each other. We knew we were doing this without verbalizing, but we'd tune in and uh, we'd look at each other and we'd shake our head if we didn't get anything. But somebody always had something. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody didn't know what to do, another person did. Mm-hmm. And we would suggest it and we would do it. Yes. And we're just, it was like we bounced off each other in such a beautiful way, all while having you be the main driver yes. force. Yes. Like, we're not going to force you to do anything, right. but at some point we're like, okay, you're exhausted. Yes. And I think, too, like so many of the times I was totally willing to try something yeah. because I was like, I need something to, you know, help this change and come to completion and I still can't feel where this baby is at on my first one I could so clearly feel Mm -hmm. exactly where he was at the entire time so I almost also think like I wasn't quite able to like with my first one I had this feeling like I went somewhere else Mm -hmm. and then I would come back almost like too worldly you know Mm -hmm. like during a contraction you just went somewhere else and then the contraction I don't feel like I ever got that with Mm -hmm. this one just because it was it was intense like I'd have ones on top of each other and then looking through my notes I'd have breaks even though I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I was having breaks um and it was just different yeah. in every every way. Yeah. And when you, it is so amazing. The way that birth is designed to work is you just, you, it's a very clear pattern most yes. of the time. You know, when, when birth is just unfolding the way it's supposed to, you are able to have some consistency to lean on and then travel somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like to go otherworldly, like mm-hmm. you were talking about. And that's that birth high that you get. 
And I know, I mean, I'm speaking from experience. My last one was exactly Mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. And it is so frustrating Mm -hmm. not being able to know where your baby is, what is going on. You do want answers. You get desperate. You're like, I'm not able to fully relax because I can't figure out what the heck is going on. Mm -hmm. And part of it is being a birth worker and trying to analyze your own birth. Part Mm -hmm. of that is that. But then also, there's just no consistency to lean on yes and so it does feel very discombobulated yes and I remember wanting to like blame myself like what have I not surrendered that this baby won't come like what do I need to do so this baby will come and this time this was just birth Mm -hmm. this was how the birth was Mm -hmm. not that I could have done anything different or surrendered something Mm -hmm. and it magically change everything and one of my prayers the whole pregnancy was that labor would start before my water broke and that happened yeah. <laughs> I said next time I will also pray that I don't go <laughs> you know 42 weeks <laughs> yes write them all down how, how was that water yeah. breaking Allie <laughs> yeah, how was well please please discuss that um you're yes the water breaking. Yes, I was laying on the bed and Allie kind of, you know, just got drenched. <laughs> <laughs> she was so beautifully supporting me that when it happened, it just, you I, know, went it's everywhere. It's kind of a fun surprise when that yeah. happens. You're yeah. just like, oh, yay! <laughs> yes. You know, my first time. Yes, I <laughs> remember being encouraged that it had broken and I think the disappointment for me was I thought it would change things. Yeah. And it still felt the same. Right. So when did it finally switch? When um, I it think did? it finally switched. We had already done a forward inversion just off of like a rebounder trampoline mm-hmm. in my bedroom. Um, and then you, somebody suggested, like, I think we really need to do, uh, inversion off of the couch. Yeah. And I remember saying, I couldn't even do that, not in labor. Because, of course, I tried to do one off of the couch to get labor to start, and I couldn't. And I just remember you saying, we'll help you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we go out there, we get it done, do the hard work of the inversion, and then I think we came back to the room, and I got in the tub, and you reminded me of this postpartum, that while I was in the tub, just at, during one of the contractions, or right after one of the contractions, I was like, yes! Yes! And I still, to the, I do not that remember so saying that. I do yeah. not re- remember saying that. But I think in thinking about it, it must have been just a split second mm-hmm. that I could have felt something change. Like yeah. that I could finally feel the baby for a second mm-hmm. that I said that. That yeah. it had to have been that. Yeah. Because then shortly after that, before that, I had been reaching to see if I could feel a head. There's no head. Like, I'm just so frustrated. Where's this baby at? And then shortly after that, um, I reached and I could feel the head. So it was probably mm-hmm. all kind of together as far as that time shortly before that was the moment that I had felt like I can't do this forever Mm -hmm. you had been you know letting some people know to pray I remember texting all of my sisters which I normally don't do in labor (laughs) um but I think it was just once again like 
I need more prayer support. Yeah. I just remember texting, like, I've been in labor all morning. This baby needs to come. Yeah. I remember feeling that just that I was going to hit a wall if something didn't change soon. Yeah. And we felt that and we knew, like, transfer was definitely on the table, but we never wanted to say it. Yes. Unless absolutely necessary. And I remember saying it. I remember saying, I don't want to transfer and have to have a C-section. And one of you said, oh, it's way too early to talk about that Mm -hmm. already. And I remember that being exactly what I needed to hear because, um... It felt like nothing was changing, and it also felt like I had been in labor forever. So when that was verbalized of like, oh, no, you're good. Like, that's, don't even have that in your mind. Like, that's way too early to even be going there was what I needed to hear in that moment. I think it was good, too, like, knowing, okay, being posterior isn't a pathology. It's Mm -hmm. not an emergency. Mm -hmm. You know, if necessary, you know, you could have transferred in, gotten an epidural. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes a posterior baby can be born Mm -hmm. vaginally with an Mm -hmm. epidural. Like, Mm -hmm. again, I've seen that. But when you put that in your head of this is not going well, you know, you tend to spiral out of control. Whereas like, let's get some prayer support on board. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, you know, we've been working in the natural, Mm -hmm. let the supernatural Mm -hmm. take over for a minute and like, let's, let's ask Mm -hmm. the Lord to do something. And you know what? It was so crazy from the time we had said, there's really nothing more that we can do except nourish her and hydrate her Mm. and have her rest. Mm -hmm. There's literally, we can't do anything. She can't do Mm. anything. We've done, we've used all of our tools, Mm -hmm. all of our knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like that's when we asked for prayer. Mm -hmm. And I think it was from the time that I text like our community, Mm -hmm. it was like 18 minutes from the time that we asked for prayer to the time baby was born. Mm -hmm. And so, and there was a huge demeanor shift too. From the time we did that inversion to you getting into the tub, you were hopeful. Yes. Once I felt baby's head, it was like, oh, okay, even though I still can't feel where this baby is at, like, it is coming. Some, you know, I, that was just a huge, huge burst for me, a huge encouragement of this isn't going to last forever. I can do this. Um, also this time I felt like a newbie as far as pushing Mm -hmm. goes. Like I could not, my body did it with my first Mm -hmm. this time. It was just, how do I push? What do I do? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it just felt so different. I even said that. I think I feel like a newbie. I don't know how to push. (laughs) You were very verbal. (laughs) I was very verbal. And it is interesting because yeah, like you were saying, usually when you are in this rhythm and this mm-hmm. consistency, you do kind of go somewhere else and you just like let your body take over. And when that happens, it's like so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. But then you, this birth for you was very, you were very present mm-hmm. through the whole I thing. was, yes. And it makes it hard. It makes it so hard. And then I was trying to stay out of my doula brain, uh-huh. like all the what ifs of why this because even you asked me postpartum you didn't know it was posterior I was like no I was trying so hard to stay out of doula brain Mm -hmm. you know and even the birth assistant had pulled 
my husband aside to let him know what was going on and was like, I am at peace with doing this at home. Similar to, you know, we both got to a point as I continued going on, she was like, I'm at peace with you being this far overdue and I trust you to tell me if something changes. Mm -hmm. So just that relationship and that bond and that honesty that we could have with each other made such a huge difference in going that late, but then it also made a huge difference in how my labor unfolded and what we needed. And, you know, so her biggest concern was just that I would wear out mm -hmm. and praise Jesus, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I fully believe you were given a supernatural dose. I would totally agree because I ended up pushing for probably about four hours and I honestly don't know how I did that. And I, I was. I was very verbal. I was very present. I even remember rebuking the enemy at the uh -huh, end because all That's of a right. sudden, you asked me about that later because all of a sudden, I had this fear of what if this baby is stillborn? Like, it was just that split second, just a really dark, and I remember just verbally saying, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And it was, pro I don't know whether it was during a contraction in between. Yeah. I just remember like it just being so fast, so quick of just like, I'm not going there, you know, because it was a little while after I felt the baby was there to him being delivered. And I remember there just being some fear of like, can I really get this baby out? And how do I need to push? And it was just burning for so long. I remember asking like, is the baby okay? Is the baby's color okay? You know, because you've been on both sides as a doula, you know, and so you, you need that. I needed that reassurance. Yeah, that's powerful. So baby is crowning mm, forever. It <laughs> forever. Felt like. Okay. So what was it like to have him come out and what were your first thoughts? What was that transition like? Yeah. Like? For me, like, I guess the burning was kind of an encouragement because that was almost the first thing I had felt like mm. the whole labor. I mean, yeah, as far as where different. the baby was, mm -hmm. where it was different. And I remember like, them really wanting I remember the birth assistant being like we need to make more space for this baby so I remember like I think I literally was like standing with one foot on the ground and the other foot I had on top of the birth stool just trying to get this really open like squat um and yeah I I guess it was just it kind of got to the point that if I felt what I needed to do for pushing, I just did that as long mm -hmm. as I could. Because I did start feeling this urgency, like this baby does need to mm -hmm. get out. Um, just myself. And um, yeah, when the baby was born, another funny thing is it never crossed my mind in this labor to catch my baby. <laughs> my first one, that was all I wanted to do. And this time I needed that support of somebody there to catch the baby because that was not even on my mind. Mm -hmm. Like I was so focused on what I needed to do to just deliver this baby that that was not on my mind. So I think it was just relief mm -hmm. when he came out. And he came out all in one. Like there was not really That's what a pause. You said it afterwards. was just like I baby came out all at once. It was like <laughs> after so long. Here he is. Yeah. And it was like a surprise and he was so full of 
Vernix, and we're yes. like, wow. Yes, and he was very much wrapped up in his cord. Yep. I remember the birth assistant being like, I need another set of hands, you yeah. know, just to get him all untangled. He had it around his stomach twice and then like up over his shoulder and around his neck once. So mm-hmm. even though he had a three foot cord, it makes sense why I would have breaks in between contractions mm-hmm. because it was still being treated like I had a short cord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think this is such a good note. And this happened to me too, mm-hmm. which is so crazy that it happened it happened to both labors i attended this year right before he was born see that's so insane but it does make sense with the start and stop labor yeah like the long Mm -hmm. rest and the very long labor the the feeling of confusion yes of i don't know where this baby is all of that wrapped up in one it makes sense that there was something going on with the cord yes and yes how amazing is god's design that that baby had enough time to wrap himself up in his cord so that you didn't have an emergency prolapse Mm -hmm. like the design is so good Mm. so so good Mm -hmm. Even though it's so hard for us, but we're thankful. Yes, it was, it was just delight. I remember the birth assistant just being like, okay, Anna, you want to meet your baby? And it's like, yes, please. So I think just the, the relief, the safety, all of that, um, I remember telling my assistant early on, she's like, what do you want your labor to be like? And when I found out that I was pregnant the second time, I was just so excited. I went like skipping down the hallway to tell my husband. And uh, so I was like, excitement. And what was really fun after our second was born, like everybody cheered. And usually Mm -hmm. that is something that does not happen at a labor. Like you're just, you're reverent and you're quiet and you just wait for the placenta to be born. And like all of us felt it. And it was just like the Holy Spirit and how the response to this, this, the, the conclusion of this labor was supposed to be it yeah. just happened which was beautiful and it was oh my goodness i just praising the lord mm-hmm. like giving things and to i him. remember like, saying that thank just... you jesus yes. and then it was like our cheers were like thank you jesus thank yes. you jesus like we were yes. so we we're praising him giving yes. him all the yes. glory because we knew it was a supernatural act of the lord to yes. give you the strength you needed in yes. order to deliver this yes. baby yes it was no easy feat. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and then he ends up being 10 pounds. So yeah. <laughs> there's that. There's just all sorts of things. <laughs> he just wanted to be extra wonderful. Yes. <laughs> well, it just goes to show that, again, we've pathologized so much when yes. it comes to birth. Yes. And giving birth to a posterior baby, yep. to a 10 pound baby, yep. to a baby past 42 weeks, Yep. all of it is possible. Yes. And beautiful and wonderful, if we allow it to be. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's so wonderful. Do you have anything to leave my listeners with? Any word of encouragement? Anything else you want to say about your story that you feel is so important? I think the main thing that I took away from this pregnancy and delivery was I can be somebody who, you know, just has a strong opinion of this is how pregnancy is supposed to be, this is how delivery or labor is supposed to be, and there were so many things um, different about this one that I just came away with a humbling of how much we can't control, but also just this awe of birth is birth. 
There are going to be maybe the times that you catch your baby and Mm -hmm. it's exactly what you needed and so beautiful or the the um, labors that you aren't checked at all and you you know can feel where baby exactly is or that you're not as verbal because you're able to be in that zone and then you may have the labor that you are upset, you are angry, you are verbal, you're loud, you're you're expressing everything and you can't feel where this baby is and you want to be checked and you can't even think about catching the baby. And how both are beautiful. Yeah. They're yeah. beautiful. They're exactly what they need to be. Mm-hmm. And birth is birth. And I think through it all, just knowing that the Lord has prepared you for this Mm. specific birth. Yes. So he can get all the glory. That he has given you everything you need. Yes. And including the community around you. And I think so many women are pushing out that community aspect and are missing out. And we need it. We need it. We need the community. I fully believe that if my labor is the place, if if this number two would have been the hospital transfer... Mm. It would have been a C-section. Like, if my my stories would have been switched, mm-hmm. like, this second one for sure, I believe, would have been a C-section. And I just think that's just the kindness of Jesus. Yeah. Like, in how I was prepared and, and how each one was exactly where they needed to be. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for having me. Wasn't that an amazing episode? I just love the lesson that your past birth experience does not have to define your next one. The importance of sharing stories like this one will never lessen for me. I need to hear them and believe me, more and more women do as well. So here is your reminder to share this podcast with another woman who wants to know she can have a peaceful birth. Leave a review and help the news of the show spread. And don't forget to RSVP to this month's Women's Circle. It's on February 23rd at 2 p.m. Central Time. The link to reserve your spot is in the show notes. Listen to more stories like these. Learn about home birth. Connect with other like-minded women who will support you and encourage you through your pregnancy. Community is so important, but it takes effort. Come. I know you will be so happy you did. And until next time, peace be with you. I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.